Hey everyone, thanks for joining us today on O-Face Wrestling. Wrestling. This is your host, JT, and today I'm joined by Stephanie. So how are you doing today, Stephanie? I'm doing well. How about you? I'm doing very well. So today, everyone, we're going to be talking about our predictions on NXT TakeOver Toronto. So Stephanie, how excited are you for this show? I'm actually really, really excited for this because we're seeing different people that we haven't really seen in a match on a takeover special. So it's something different and hopefully there'll be some changes that we all like. Yeah, me too. I mean, you know, this is, I believe Candice LeRae's first time ever competing at a takeover. And I know it's definitely Mia Yim's first time too. And um, let me see uh, the street profits. Is this our first time on the takeover? No, no, they actually, they won these titles at a takeover, right? Right. Mm-hmm. The last okay, one. Yeah. I got confused if they actually won it on a NXT taping or not. But, yeah, I mean, we still got, you know, a few rookies here at uh, TakeOver. I'm excited to see what they uh, bring to the table. Definitely. So the first match we're going to start talking about is Io Shirai versus Candice LeRae. How excited are you for this match? I'm very excited about this one because I'm glad that they're finally using Candice and not just associating her coming out at a takeover with Johnny Gargano like because that yes. needs, there needs to be that separation I'm very excited for it because I am a big fan of evil EO so yeah me too like honestly like I never pictured her as a heel because she just had such you know a baby face vibe to her you mm-hmm. know she had the entrance and all that and I didn't know like when she turned here if they were going to change that or kind of alter it or anything like that and they completely revamped her entrance and I, I honestly like I love it right exactly exactly but I'm uh, um, like more so like you know like we just mentioned you know this is Can- Candice LeRae's first you know big match and you know, her first match at a takeover and ever since she you know signed with NXT I've been waiting for them to do something with her because she's so talented and the fact that they've been using her just as you know Johnny Gargano's wife has been kind of a disappointment, even though some of those moments have been pretty good. You know, when she uh, first came um, onto the show, I think it was like a year and a half ago, she came and attacked Zelina Vega during his match with um, Andrade. Yeah, that was a pretty big moment. I, I really wish they would have actually like went forth with a few between the two, and they really didn't. But now they're actually like utilizing Candice LeRae, and hopefully this means bigger and better things for her. Maybe if she wins, she can uh you know, uh, challenge Shannon Baszler for the NXT championship. Mm-hmm. So who do you got uh, winning this match? Okay, so I'm excited for Candice. Great. But I would prefer for EO to take this one just only because she lost at the last takeover. She lost the cage match and then she did the turn. Mm-hmm. So I really want her to get a big win. And if it takes sacrificing Candace, then it just takes sacrificing Candace exactly. at that point. <laughs> yeah, because honestly, like, I kind of question, you know, if they're even going to put Candace in, you know, a big NXT title match. I mean, I would love it, but I think, you know, uh, Dakota Kai might be next in line. Yes, but, uh, I, yes. I can. When is she supposed to come back? Does anybody know? Officially, no, but she's been teasing it on Twitter for the last two months. And honestly... Right. I wouldn't be surprised if she comes back during the next set of tapings to challenge Shayna Baszler because that would actually be a really good storyline. Yeah, because it's uh, like I feel like anything that they have 
with Shayna and any matches that they have that piggyback off of that, they write themselves. Like these stories write themselves, especially mm-hmm. with Candace and EO. Yes, like this is like probably the most exciting storyline coming up, um, leading up to Takeover, in my opinion, at least. Because I mean, it was such a good heel turn by EO that set it up. Yeah. And just they've been telling a good story with it, you know, for the last, you know, month, I believe. Yes. Mm-hmm. I mean, and regardless, we know this is going to be a fantastic match. I mean, this honestly could be the best match on the card. I think it'll be hard to top anything that Adam Cole and Johnny Gargano do. But still, the fact that, you know, you're I'm considering it, you know, potentially being the best match. Right. You know, really telling a lot about both of these women. Yeah, I'm just excited and happy that Candice is going to get this moment because she she's had moments, but then this is a big deal. This is a huge deal. Yeah, this is a really big deal for Candice. But uh, like you said, I, I kind of got to go with EO as well, just because I don't like the idea of any wrestler having a big heel turn and then losing their next big, ma- in, you know, the next big match they do. It just makes no sense in my opinion. So I think that EO will definitely come up on top. But, I mean, hopefully they do, like, some kind of trilogy with these two so at least Candace can get a win as well. Right, exactly, exactly. But it just depends on what WWE wants to do with, you know, both of these wrestlers. Because my thing is, like, if EO wins, what are they going to do with her, you know? Like, I don't know if she'll actually go against Shayna Baszler again since they're both heels. I don't know. I mean, I'm wondering, like you said, when you brought up Dakota Kai or even maybe throw Tegan Knox in since she's back now. I wish she had not know that. Mm-hmm. I think, uh, yeah, she wrestled at a few live events. So I'm like, well, that's good. Because I, I haven't really seen that much of her because she was injured. So for her mm-hmm. to be back, I'm like, okay, this is something. This is a new face. It's something different. Yeah, I mean, Maybe throw her in the mix. Yeah, they could because, I mean, they really surprised me with Mia Yim. They just randomly started building her up and they threw her in this. So they could do that with someone else as well. Right. And, I wouldn't be mad because, you know, I think NXT, you know, has a good opportunity to build a lot of, you know, new stars lately just because of the fact that they, you know, they did bring up, you know, a large amount of wrestlers, you know, around January. And at the same time, because of AEW, they haven't been able to sign, you know, a lot of the big free agents outside of WWE. So this is their opportunity to really like build up some homegrown talent and see what they could do. Exactly. Because they they got enough people. They can make it happen. And I can't really think of a takeover where I've ever been disappointed. So I'm really looking forward to this one. Yeah, same here. I've never been disappointed with the takeover. I mean, the quality of the matches are always fantastic. They know what the fans want too. So they usually always get the fans what they want when it comes to, you know, who wins the matches. And also, they you know, we can only expect, you know, a good outcome for this card. Right, exactly. So, with this one, I'm pulling for EO. And another thing I did just want to add, even if Candace does not win this one, I just want to say she will not be buried. Because I hate when people do that as soon as their favorite loses. Oh, they're buried now. No, they're not. Exactly. You know, just because your favorite didn't win does not mean they're buried. They can book the match where even if she loses, she still looks strong. Exactly. Exactly. So. <laughs> They're pretty good doing that in NXT, you know. I mean, look at Gargano. Look at how many matches he lost before he finally, you know, won the big one. You know, he wasn't there because he had the momentum. He had the fan support behind him, so he was always fine. And Candice, you know, I don't see anything different with her. Exactly. I feel the same exact way. 
All right, so the next match, I think you'll like this match because I know you're a big fan of Pete Dunne. So we have the Velveteen Dream defending his North American Championship in the triple threat against Pete Dunne and Roderick Strong. Who are you mm. pulling for in this match? If I could have it my way, you know what? I'm going to go with Roderick Strong. Yeah, yeah, me too. Because honestly, I'm kind of pulling for everyone in the Undisputed Era. On this card, I think they're going to finally do that whole everyone holds a title kind of thing. Exactly. That's exactly what I was going to go with, just based on how they have the matches set up and who's in the matches. I'm thinking maybe this is going to be when they pull the trigger for all of them to hold the gold. Exactly. Because if they're actually going to do that, they need to do that now because, you know, the Undisputed Air has been in NXT for two years now. Yeah. I, I don't know how much longer they're going to hold him down there. I, I thought they would have been caught up by now. So, I mean, if there's any perfect time to do this, they got to do it now. And then, like, honestly, like, Pete Dunne, he's tremendous, but he's a UK wrestler. So, I don't know if they'll actually, like, pull the trigger and put any of the NXT titles on him. I wish. <laughs> I, I wish they would. I mean, it would be awesome, but I, I don't know if they'll actually ever do that. I thought he would actually be on the main roster by now, honestly. When he lost that UK title, I was expecting him to come up within, the, you know, a few weeks, and he just kind of disappeared for a little bit. But, um, yeah, like, so we'll just have to see what they're doing with him. And then as far as the Velveteen Dream, I won't be surprised if he retained because mm-hmm. I know he does have a lot of momentum, but he has held that title for, I believe, like six months now. Right, which is good because I feel like, with titles on any brand that they have, it's rare. I mean, aside if you're Brock Lesnar, it's rare yeah. where you're holding a title for that long. Exactly. So, I, you know, I think it is time for him to move on with that title and maybe um, come to the main roster soon. But then the other thing is, too, is like, NXT doesn't have, you know, they're not loaded and stacked like they used to be, kind of like what I just recently mentioned with AEW snagging up all the top free agents. Mm-hmm. You know, they you know, clearly they have been holding people down there longer so they could, you know, keep the title on him or, you know, they still could take it off and just keep him down there and do other things with him. I mean, we'll just have to see. Kind of like, you know, like I thought they would have brought up Bianca Belair by now because they really haven't been doing much with her, but they're still holding her down there, you know. Clearly, it's just because, you know, they are, I guess they feel like they're lacking star power down there now. And honestly, I feel like with, and maybe I'm just too optimistic. Well, you know what? It's not a bad thing to be optimistic. I don't think I'm being naive about it either. But I'm glad if he does, if Velveteen does lose the title, I'd rather them keep him. Because they're just kind of on the main roster finding their footing with using everybody. Because they have Heyman. They have Bischoff. So figure out what you're going to do here first and some people. Exactly. But I, would, I wouldn't mind if they kept Bianca. Keep everybody for now <laughs> because yeah. you'll be able to see them. <laughs> exactly, because I, I always heard, you know, in the past that every time they brought up someone from NXT, they had this, you know, a six-month plan for them. And mm. lately it doesn't seem like they've been really doing that. You know, like I know after last year's WrestleMania, um, WrestleMania 34, I know they brought up Ember Moon. They did really nothing with her. And that was was so disappointing because all they really did was focus on Charlotte, maybe? 
Charlotte, Ronda Rousey. Yeah. You know, know, all of that. So, like, and then, you know, when they brought up uh, Ricochet and Aleister Black and all back in uh, January, they really, they they were putting them on TV and showcasing them, but they really weren't doing anything with them storyline. They kind of just threw them in there just to, I guess, create some kind of buzz. But I want to actually see wrestlers come up from NXT, especially, like, the big names. And actually do something with the storyline, like have them make an impact, kind of like they they used to do, like they did it with the Shield. Yes, yeah, like bring someone up, have a plan for them, you know, have a plan for success, and don't give up on them too. Because you know they gave up on the Ascension really early during their um, debut a few years ago too. Like they came up, they beat the New Age Outlaws at the Royal Rumble, and then they just kind of you know fell off. And then once you know they're doing that, you know, the silly storylines with the Fashion Police. Yeah. So, yeah. <laughs> so it's kind of <laughs> like you know, bring these people up, have a storyline, build them up, make them stars, utilize them the same way you did in NXT. Don't bring them up and try to change them. Like with the um the War Raiders, they're the Viking experience. Oh man, I'm re- I'm really trying with them too because they're not bad. But sometimes I just feel like, and I'm kind of low key being funny. I feel like anybody that comes up to the main roster if you're like dressed in a costume mm-hmm. i don't really see it going anywhere yeah because i mean war raiders you know, I, a thing from the 80s and early 90s and now it's kind of like some people can kind of pull off the face paint kind of stuff but when it comes to you know like you said like the costumes it just looks really outdated yes that's a great word yeah, yeah same way kind of like um with some of the like really gimmicky gimmicks too, in my opinion, like um, no way Jose, like I'm not a fan of that. Like I never was a fan of like the Fandangos thing and um, who else? Like uh, Lacey, Adam Rose, uh, Adam Rose exactly. Uh, Lacey Evans, like it's just I don't know. Like those old kind of like gimmicky kind of things, it just doesn't really work anymore. I mean, some some gimmicks can pull it off. Like I know um the broken and woken Matt Hardy thing you know got over pretty well I think the Bray Wyatt thing that he's doing now that's that's looking yes. very prominent like some gimmicks can you know work but some of the more of the cheesy kind of you know stuff like that you know it just it just doesn't really work well you know it doesn't really have a large audience for that kind of stuff anymore right and then I mean look at the track record if you think about it and if there, I'm pretty sure there may be some I'm forgetting but give me a gimmick where someone was dancing and it worked. Mm-hmm. I mean, well, I know. Um, I don't know how over it was. I kind of enjoyed it when Carmella and our truth were doing that like seven second dance break thing. I kind of liked that. Oh. I don't know if that you know if that counts towards what you were saying, but yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, like Fandango, Adam Rose. Well, um, Naomi does the dance. I like what she does. Oh yeah, she's exempt. She's exempt. <laughs> <laughs> I literally will love anything she does. So, yeah, yeah. I mean, like, I'm not gonna lie. Like, I wasn't the biggest fan of her until she started doing that like glow in the dark kind of dance thing. Mm-hmm. So to me, that just like fits her personality really well, and it's like it's such a cool like you know thing to see. I heard it's really like awesome to witness that like at a live event or something like that. So I mean, stuff like that I like. Right. But like I said, as long as it's not like cheesy or anything like that. No, I agree. I agree. But at the end of the day, I want Roderick Strong to take this one. He's just yeah. good. He's he, amazing. He's been deserving of a title for a while now. And, 
you know, like I mentioned, you know, I, I think the, I don't know which match would be first, whether it be this match or the tag title match, but I think, you know, whatever match happens first, one of the undisputed error, you know, members win, I think that's going to, you know, increase the chance of the other one winning. Like, I can't see Roderick Strong winning, and then the next match, you know, the undisputed error lose to the Street Profits, you know what I mean? Right. I think, yeah. you know, we'll idea what's going to happen based off of whatever match happens first and who wins that match. And it's just throwing Pete Dunn into it. I'm like, this is, I don't know. I feel like this is the one I'm looking forward to the most. Mm-hmm. I think, you know, from an in-ring standpoint, I think it will be fantastic. I think this yeah. match as well, honestly. But I think they threw Pete Dunn in it just to throw, give it a little extra spice. Mm-hmm. Just because, you know, what he can bring to the table. Right. So, um, speaking of like, you know, like the Undisputed Air, the next match I want to discuss is the Street Profits defending their tag titles against the Undisputed Air. Oh, man. Come up on top on this match. I like continuity. So, it wouldn't make sense as much as I love the Street Profits. It wouldn't make sense for them to keep the titles and retain because they've been sprinkled in the main roster. They're talking to people and they have these skits. Yes. Yeah, so, I mean, that personally makes me believe that they're coming up to the main roster soon. Yeah. I mean, it pains me to say that because I really, I really like them as a tag team, but I think undisputed era is probably going to take these back. Yeah, I think so too. They'd be three time NXT uh, tag title champs too, which would be kind of cool. Right, but uh, yeah, like the street profits, you know them, you know being on TV just makes it more obvious that they're probably going to lose these titles, and they really haven't had the longest reign. But it's it, it still is nice to actually see them, you know, get a title reign. I, I'm just kind of curious how they're actually going to be booked coming up to the main roster. Honestly, I was um, I was hoping that they were going to be put into a SummerSlam match. Like I was thinking, because um, Ricochet has been rivaling with the um you know, the club, I thought, you know, mm-hmm. he would get two people to align with him, you know, the take on the club at SummerSlam since we've already seen him and Styles fight numerous amount of times. Right. I'm not, I'm not mad that they're fighting again one-on-one at SummerSlam because, you know, they're one of those two wrestlers that I could see just fight over and over and it doesn't get old, but I thought they would probably do something different and I thought the Street Profits would be perfect for Ricochet. They would be, you know, some you know, new fresh blood on the main roster and, um, <laughs> it would be a good way to, you know, give Ricochet and the Street Profits a win and at the same time, you know, keeping the title on uh, Styles. But clearly they're going in a different direction there, which is fine. But I still think the Street Profits are going to, you know, drop these titles and then officially be full-time on the main roster after this. Yeah, and I really have high hopes for them too because their energy, it, it translates with the fans. Like when I went to that NXT live event, I mean, I was just in awe. They had the whole place standing up. Like, it's, I'm ready for them to do big things wherever they go. Yeah, because, I mean, honestly, like, I, you know, we didn't really see them on too much, you know, um, other than random matches on the, you know, the um, tapings for NXT. And, you know, them coming up to the main roster and doing these skits, I'm actually kind of getting to see more of their personality. And I'm actually, like, really liking it. Mm-hmm. You know, they're, Right, funny, especially I, I don't know their names honestly, but I know the one who's actually married to Bianca Belair. He's he's hilarious and he's actually pretty entertaining on the mic. So I really Montez Ford, yeah. Oh, that's his name. Okay, 
Speaking of, um, you know, the Street Profits coming up to the main roster soon, do you think, um, considering I've heard before that Vince McMahon doesn't like the split up married couples, do you think that means that Bianca could be coming up shortly after? If she did, I wouldn't be mad. But I just don't want them to. I don't, I'm just scared that she would get lost in the shuffle. Yeah, and I don't want that to happen because they have women that they don't use now. So yeah, exactly. But um, the one you know hope that I have is supposedly they're gonna end the wild card rule. That's just a rumor that I heard online. But if they end the wild card rule and actually go back to strictly having everyone on you know the brand that they're supposed to be, that could be good mm-hmm. for Bianca because then they you know, they could put her on Raw because Raw right now is kind of thin outside of Becky and yeah. Naomi. Because, I mean, we still don't know what's going to, if, you know, Ronda or Sasha are going to come back. I, I think Sasha will, but Ronda, I'm kind of doubting right now. Yeah. And you know what? She might still stay in NXT because look at Nikki Cross and Killian Dane. Yeah. They're on two different brands. Well, you're talking about like being on NXT at the same time? Well, I mean, she's on whatever show she's on. She's on the main roster, he's in NXT. Mm-hmm. So I mean, they might I, I know, split them I up. They were dating. Yeah, they're I, yeah they're married. Wow, I did not know that. So then they are married, and then they had Zelina and Alistair. I think did she come up first? Oh, I think she yeah, came up first with with um Andrade. Andrade. Yeah, so I guess you're right. I didn't think about that. I just want Bianca. The only reason why I'm really pulling for her to stay is because I love Mia Yim a lot, but I want Bianca to be the one to take the title from Shayna. (laughs) Yeah, me too. I mean, they've been building her up quietly lately. Like she's been having her matches on the tapings and she, she's been winning. So she's kind of doing what she was doing before during her undefeated streak. So maybe, you know, like I said, I don't, we don't know what, you know, is in store for Shayna after Mia when she retained, but I, I wouldn't be mad if Bianca won. I mean, her match with uh, Shayna at the TakeOver during Royal Rumble weekend was really good. Right, yes. really pulling for her. When she was in the um, the chokehold and she actually was able to get up using her power, I would, you know, the fans were crazy for her it was i mean it was an amazing moment i was really hoping that she was actually going to overcome shana so if she can get back into that title picture that honestly would be awesome oh yeah but we'll have to see um so i mean I, i'm assuming you know with the shana Baszler versus mia Yim, you got shana winning this i love mia she will not be buried. But yes, I definitely see Shayna taking it because she plays her role so well. And she's a lot better than what people just refuse to give her credit for. I think Shayna is great. Like, she is a wrestler wrestler. Mm-hmm. So yeah, how, like, she brings, like, a real, like, fight feel to the mix every time she gets into the ring. And honestly, like, I really yeah. fully appreciate it right away. She's one of those wrestlers who just in time kind of grew on me. Yeah. And just, like, every rival, she, she does the same thing all the time. She does, like, the bully kind of gimmick, but it works. 
which is why like I'm really actually like I, I like I love Mia Yim. I've been a fan of her for years before she came to WWE. So I'll, not only am I happy that she's actually finally with the company, but she's actually being put into a big match. But I really actually want Shayna to retain. Just so, like I mentioned, I want to see her and Dakota Kai have that big match. Just because you know Dakota Kai, in my opinion, is the ultimate like baby face, baby face underdog. You know, I can see her. You know, because she had a storyline with Shayna Baszler like over a year ago that kind of played into the whole storyline with her and Ember Moon, but they can, you know, you, they can kind of do like a Bailey storyline with her and have right. her come back from the injury and overcome all the odds. Like, I think there's, you know, a lot of money to be made with Dakota Kai if they book her right. So, uh, like, I just see something bigger and better happening with Shayna, like someone overcoming her, like whether it's Bianca or Dakota or someone, but I'm definitely pulling for Shane and I, I have a hard time believing that um, she's actually going to drop this title, but it's funny. Cause I actually thought that she might've lost, you know, against EO or um, Bianca and she uh, retained. So now that I'm actually confident that she's going to retain, you know, it wouldn't surprise me at the same time as she actually dropped it. But, you know, I, I just, you know, I just doubt it honestly. Cause just Mia was randomly built up out of nowhere and put into this. So, makes me kind of think that they just needed someone, you know, the challenge uh, Shayna, you know, in the meantime, before they had, you know, the actual storyline where um, Shayna finally drops the title. I'm wondering if it was when Bianca and Mia were having their feud, which was one of the best feuds yeah, I've seen that, in that NXT. Really I mean, they did that. I just, I mean, I just love them both so much. They're just amazing to me. But I'm wondering if that's when Mia got built up after she beat Bianca because nobody had beat Bianca on TV. And Mia did. Yeah, Mia was actually the first one to pin her because um, Shayna didn't pin her. She uh, made her tap out. So that was Yeah, that's right. Yeah. Part of the storyline, too. She actually pinned Bianca. Yeah. So I'm wondering if they're like, okay, well, if you can, you know, beat Bianca on TV, then yeah, you deserve a title shot. So I'm wondering if that's when it happened. Either way, I'm not mad at it. So yeah, yeah. But either way, I'm still pulling for Shayna. Yeah, me too. Just I mean, as awesome as it would be to see Mia um, dethrone Shayna, I, I really just want to see something bigger and better happen. Like it's just nothing against Mia. I love her, but it just I won't get that. You know good you know happy feeling you know if she actually won rather than if it was like a Bianca or Dakota or even right exactly. Candice LeRae or she was thrown into it after this I, I wouldn't be mad either yeah all right so now the main event and I'm actually really curious about this one because Adam Cole will be defending his NXT championship against Johnny Gargano in a two out of three falls um, match didn't they do something like that like two takeovers ago yeah same as X stipulation. Two out of three. Yeah, yeah I, think I think so. That's just really weird that they're doing it. Like, I don't know why if you know they don't do like a last man standing or something like that. Oh, you know what? What are they doing? I think it's um, is it one of them got to pick one stipulation, another got to pick one, and then William Regal got to pick one. Am I making that up? I don't recall that happening. I, I mean, I missed um, NXT last, or actually yesterday, so I don't know if um, something was added to it then, but 
I don't recall, you know, them th- that kind of uh, scenario happening within the last uh, few weeks. Okay, I thought that there was something a little different about this match that's happening on Saturday. So I'm gonna have to look that up again. But either way, love Johnny, great thumbs up. Adam Cole, hands down, no question. I mean, I know the match is going to be flames. I am constantly in awe of how they keep upping themselves, and the matches get better and better. But Adam Cole, without a doubt, exactly. Me too. I I got Adam Cole here. I think it's time for Gargano to come to the main roster. Honestly, he's been in NXT for years now. So Adam Cole, in my personal opinion, is the best thing in NXT right now, character-wise and ring-wise. Like, he cannot yes. do no wrong, and I'm not ready to see him drop this title. He just won it at TakeOver 25. So, yeah. Uh, I want to see him hold on to it for a little bit longer, hopefully until, like, WrestleMania weekend next year. The only thing the thing is, though, like, if he retains – there's really not many other, you know, wrestlers in NXT that have, you know, kind of like the momentum right now to take him down. Because I, I mean, I don't know. Yeah, because I know that I know that they're going to have that. Um, whoever the winner is of that breakout tournament challenge is going to go against him. But I mean, they wouldn't very well put the title on one of them so soon. Yeah, I highly doubt that, honestly. So it's like. And there's, like, really no big fish out there in free agency for them to sign. So I'm kind of thinking they may, like, take their time with someone and build them up. And, you know, sometime next year have them dethrone Adam Cole. Because right now there's really no one. I wonder if they're going to – if they would take the title off of Velveteen and put him in, like, a – put him in the main title match Hmm. with – our main title program with Adam Cole. They could. I, I wouldn't be mad about that. Have they ever competed with each other before? Or didn't um, Velveteen Dream take the North American title off him? Or was it? That was Ricochet. Ricochet. That's right, Ricochet. Oh, no, no, no. Adam Cole took it off of Ricochet. Cause, because that's when he did that kick, like, at that moment, mm-hmm. I believe. And then Ricochet was brought up to the main roster. I thought it's a lot of wrestling going on. Right yeah, now. yeah. <laughs> I think that because um, Adam Cole was the first ever North American champion, and then I believe it was Ricochet that beat him. And I, th- oh yeah, so I got yeah, it. Yeah, Gargano sense. beat Ricochet, and then uh, Velveteen Dream beat Gargano. Okay, yeah. So uh, maybe they haven't fought each other before, but I, I, I still think it would be great, and I wouldn't be mad about that either. I think it'd be kind of cool, though. I doubt he would actually win it, but a Pete Dunne challenged Adam Cole. I think that would be a funny right there. Absolutely. That'd be amazing. But, I mean... but Sorry, what were you saying? No, I was looking it up, and I think that this match between Gargano and Cole is going to be... Each match stipulation is going to be different. It is this one. Uh oh, so it's gonna be uh uh I know what you're saying now. Okay. What are gonna be the stipulation for each of these falls? See, that's what I'm looking for now. Yeah, fine. Because I'm like, I know I wouldn't I'm like, I know I wouldn't come up with that on my own. That <laughs> reminds me of that one um stipulation match they did in WWE. I think it was with Cena and Ryback years ago, where they had like three different types of matches. 
I think like one was like an ambulance match, and the other I think may have been like a Iron Man match or something like that. I need to look that up. I don't up. remember that. I remember the match. I just don't remember the stipulations. But I remember that actually was a really good match. I need to look that up now. But I mean that that's actually a really cool idea because I had no idea that there was actually um stipulation for each one of the falls i'm thinking like they did this match before that's you know kind of weird but i mean i still wasn't mad about it because you know like you mentioned these guys just keep up in every match they have exactly play each other next takeover as well and i won't complain about it because these two are so good in the ring together but um actually oh man you know it kind of hit me uh when's uh champa coming back I don't know. I know he's been posted because I look. I looked at that last. I looked at that last video that he made a couple of days ago, but I don't know when he's coming yeah, back. Maybe him. Maybe closer to Survivor Series. Maybe. Probably. Because I mean, he's he he's up exercise and rehab, and then also he looks great. You know, just like I just haven't heard anything on an actual time frame of when he could come back. Right. Yeah, but I would not mind Tommaso Ciampa versus Adam Cole. That would be great. Just, you know, is Ciampa going to come back as a face, though? Because, I mean, WWE, had they've done heel versus heel before, and they kind of just let the fans pick who the face and who the heel is by default. Right. That. You know, but uh, we'll just have to see. I mean, it'll kind of make me sad if he does, if he does come back a face. But I'll accept it because when that first video came out after he got injured and him crying with his little baby Willow, I'm like, oh, God, <laughs> this is so relatable. This is such a great guy. <laughs> and I can't look at him like the same guy that would come out during a takeover title match with no music, just the booing of the fans. Uh, to me, that was one of the That's- best entrances, especially um at TakeOver New Orleans when all the fans were chanting asshole and F you, Champa, and all that. That was amazing. Right. So, yes, yeah, so, I mean, they created the, his own theme for him, and I loved it. At first, I thought it was kind of weird, but then when the fans started getting really into him, I'm like, this is actually kind of cool. Yeah, I agree. I agree. But I, he'll probably come back as a face, maybe. Because at the last, um, one of the last events, didn't he come out in the neck brace and he was hugging Johnny and Candace? I'm like, well... I think we might have just gotten our answer. Yeah, maybe. <laughs> we'll just have to see because, I mean, WWE, the storyline with them, too, has been kind of weird. You know, they were enemies and then they were friends. And then, you know, Gargano attacks him and then Ciampa gets hurt. So it's kind of like been going all over the place with them right now. Right. So since um, TakeOver uh, Toronto is only five matches, I wanted to add a little something extra to the to this podcast. So I figured we okay. talk a little bit about Ziggler versus Goldberg since I know you're probably the biggest fan I know. I, I really <laughs> can I remember like for like two weeks or something like that they've been teasing Goldberg going back and fighting Ziggler at SummerSlam. I honestly didn't believe it was gonna happen. Yeah. But it did. And honestly, <laughs> what is your opinion on this? <laughs> okay, so here's the thing. I mean, I've always loved Dolph Ziggler. I just think he's the total package for me personally. So even when he loses these matches, I'm like, it doesn't even matter to me because I'm going to be a fan regardless if he loses or wins. 
Now, if this was 2016, when I was really, for some reason, like, man, I wish Goldberg would come back. I really wish he would. I wish he would. And then it happened. Okay, fine. And then the way that he went out with his match at WrestleMania, I'm like, you can ride off into the sunset. So when I heard the rumors, I'm like, please just let this be a rumor. I was a little disappointed because I I automatically looked at it like, okay, well, they're giving or they gave Undertaker a chance to redeem himself. They're going to do the same for Billy. So (laughs) I'm looking at this like (laughs) they're going to let him redeem himself. I just hate the fact that it has to be at Dolph's expense because he's been doing so great. Exactly. Just with his character, just with his character, like when he came out to Goldberg's music on SmackDown, I mean, I know my neighbors were tired of me because the scream I let out, because that was just like poetic justice. I really want Dolph to take this because that would be, that would be great. That would be great. Because like the thing is, like you pinned Goldberg. It's a big deal. Yeah. The only thing I worry about, and this has been, you know, the story of Ziggler's life for years now. WWE will build him up and then they will just yeah. knock him down like it was nothing. He, yeah, like, I, I was so mad when he won that world heavyweight title when he cashed in on uh, Del Rio years ago. Mm-hmm. Big moment. That was actually one of my favorite cash ins. And they had like a great opportunity to do this like power couple thing with him and AJ because AJ won the Divas title the day he lost the world heavyweight title. And that's when he turned face. He right. ended up losing that storyline um, against Del Rio, and then he kind of just fell off, and then they started building him up again back in uh, 2014 at uh, Survivor Series when he, um, he eliminated, like, three guys by himself at the end, and then your Sting came out. Mm-hmm. All that momentum, and then he just got knocked down again, and it just seems like WWE, I don't know what they're doing. I mean, because like you said, Ziggler is basically the total package. He can go in the ring and compete with anyone. Mm-hmm. With the mic skills he has it all in WWE I don't know what it is if it's something that's going on backstage or what but they just don't want to you know give him momentum and stay with it and now it seems like they're doing that again they're giving him this momentum you know he super kicked Shawn Michaels mm-hmm. the Raw reunion and they're actually like really building him up and doing something big with him I just hope it's not at the expense of him you know, having a five-second match with Goldberg. And, and, the, and the, the kind of the same thing, I know you weren't really happy about it, but at um, Extreme Rules, he had that like you know five-second match with KO, and it's, are you building this guy up just to embarrass him on TV? Because I know he's had issues with the last like two years with this contract and potentially leaving and all that. I don't know if WWE's kind of like, punishing him. I don't, it, it makes me wonder because one thing about him is like he does what he needs to do to make somebody else look amazing at their job. So that could be a really big reason why they keep him around. I don't know. But he just, I was really looking forward to The Miz and Dolph because their collection on the network, you know how they have the collection. I think that was one of the best collections ever. Because their matches are so technical. And I was looking at it like, it's kind of weird that they're beefing on TV. Because you were just on Miz and Mrs. last season. Like, y'all are best friends. But whatever. I'll take it. 
Yeah, I mean, I war I warmed up to the idea of Goldberg because I'm like, you know what? Let the band ride off into the sunset on a good note, and not people dragging his name in the mud. Because regardless, people mess up, new or old, they mess up. Yeah, they get whatever. Them. Fine. I mean, the same thing. Right. With, uh, Undertaker years ago, he had that horrible match at uh, WrestleMania against Lesnar. Then he ended up coming back and redeeming himself a year later against um, Lesnar. So, with Goldberg, like. I wanted him to come back for so long, and then he finally did two years ago, and he actually mm-hmm. had a really good run. I was fine with him riding off into the sunset, but I also was open to the idea of him coming back again. Mm-hmm. The thing is, him and Undertaker on paper, that looks like a fantastic match. Two legends that have never right. played against each other. You know, it's, that's WCW versus WWF. But the ship sailed, clearly, and I blame WWE a lot. They tried making this an actual like wrestling match, and I'm sorry. Yeah. Even in Goldberg's prime, he never was the best wrestler. He was I'll come out, spear you, Jack Cameron, one, two, three matches over. Yeah, he was a character, and he had a presence. Exactly. So yeah, I could see why they pushed him and to the top, and his trajectory just went nowhere but up. I could see that because it's just his whole. His aura is a star. Exactly. And so, you know, them bringing him back again to redeem himself does make sense because, you know, you don't want to see a legend like Goldberg go out having such a crappy match against, you know, The Undertaker. And at the same time, I feel like, you know, because I heard online, like, you know, it's rumor is a rumor, but supposedly they were supposed to do a trilogy with Undertaker and uh, Lesnar. I mean, not Lesnar, um, <laughs> but um, yeah, they wanted to do a trilogy, and obviously because of how you know, crappy that match was, supposedly Undertaker does not want to step in the ring with him ever again. So I think okay, he he signed a contract and he has you know dates to fulfill. So they, I think you know, giving him Ziggler is you know fulfilling one of his dates. Mm-hmm. At the same time, it's him redeeming himself. Just like like we mentioned, it kind of does suck if it is at the expense of him just squashing you know Ziggler I mean that's good for Goldberg he can redeem himself but Goldberg's 52 years old something like that you know Ziggler is still I believe he's still in his 30s and he might be pushing 40 but I still think he has some years left Mm -hmm. where he can be on top and they have potential right now because they've teased even on Monday, they teased him and Shawn Michaels. Cause I remember they had that stare down and Michael's like, and it's not me. How cool would yeah. it be if um, Ziggler actually won this match? And then he did kind of like a legend killer kind of gimmick, you know, not copying too much off of Randy Orton from back in the day, but it would be cool if he like, starts kind of having rivalries with some of the older people because he wasn't he like bashing some of the legends and all during his promo on Monday. Uh I know he brought up Goldberg again. <laughs> no 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 you said on Monday. Yeah. Um it was um I don't remember. I don't think he really I don't think he really said a lot on Monday because Goldberg came out. <laughs> so but yeah like they could imagine putting him in a match with Shawn Michaels if, you know, Michaels does come back for another match or two. I think that would be a really good story. But I feel like he has to beat Goldberg to really make this match 
feel more, you know, that make more sense in my opinion. Yeah, and then you brought up a good point because, man, I really want Dolph to take this. I, I really do. But if, like, if they want, if they brought Goldberg back so he can redeem himself, there's nobody better for him to be in the ring with than Dolph because he's just great at making people look good at their job. And it's like people don't like him. Don't, well, they don't like his character or him as a wrestler, or people tell me all the time, like, his ship has sailed, honey. It's over. So people would be happy to see that happen, minus myself. So yeah, I remember how <laughs> bad you were when KO beat uh, Ziggler in, like, five seconds. Furious? <laughs> I'm like, what? You know, still to this day, I, you know, I do not let you forget that. <laughs> I know. <laughs> I know. I was so upset. Like, what? But then KO has just been, even at moments where he may have thought like, yeah, this was a rough part of my career or when people thought that, I thought he's always been great. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Always. I'm just glad they're really pushing him now. The only thing is I'm still like 50-50 on it. Like I love KO in the role that he's in, but at the same time, it is such a clone of the whole Austin and uh, McMahon rivalry back in the day. It's just like it's hard, you know, to know how I really feel about this because I like it, but at the same time, it's like I said, it's a clone of what you know they were doing back in the day. I mean, how do you feel about that? I don't mind it because he's like, okay, if it's a clone of that whole storyline, then he's making it his own. You know what I mean? Like. Okay, like look at uh, Charlotte and Trish. I mean, they're basically making it their own, but then we just saw that in TNA with Tessa and Gail Kim. So I don't know. It doesn't bother me just because I like his character as a whole. Okay, storylines are going to be recycled. Exactly. That's kind of how it is these days in general. Like even with movies, like they're remaking movies all the time because it's just to the point where, you know, you've done everything and it's really hard to create, you know, fresh ideas nowadays. Right. Do you feel like the whole like KO doing this Austin thing kind of has something to do with Heyman and Bischoff coming in? Mm, No, I don't think so. Because I I know he was doing the stunner for like a few months here and there, but then they've really like, as of recently, kind of really been like kind of like doing that whole like Austin and McMahon kind of thing. I didn't know if that you know had something to do with them or not. No, I don't think so. I think I feel like that's something where they may have gone in the gone in that direction anyway, regardless of those two coming in. So I don't know. Whatever Ko does, I'm just gonna ride with it. Yeah, I, I got to ride with the two because honestly, like, he is so good on the mic. I mean, I just wish WWE really, really invested this much time into him a long time ago because even when he was, like, the Universal Champion, I hated how they booked him because he was kind of like the, you know, the cowardly heel kind of thing where he always had help, and I hate that. Like, I love the heel um, Owen from NXT, 
mm-hmm. they they really invested into his character so much then and now they're finally like really invested into him now and I'm I'm loving it. And I, I think this is what they need. They need to continue to, you know, to do new things and build new people. They've been doing it a lot lately, you know, with Becky and uh, Kofi and now, you know, KO. Hopefully they do it with more. Like, I know you're a really big fan of um, Ali. I really want to see them do something yes. big with him. And it just. And you know who else I'm pulling for? Just, you know, because I'm like, okay, when well, you're putting people on TV, can we see a little bit more Bobby Roode? Yeah, because it's like Bobby Roode turned heel, and that's what everybody wanted, and nobody cared when he did it. Exactly, yeah, because he was a big deal in uh Impact, and I mean, I I'm not gonna lie, yeah. I haven't watched Impact in a while, but I would always like hear about him, and I would see the pictures online of him having like five titles strapped around him, and so I, I remember him being a big deal, and why can't you? build him up more WWE like I want to see that um, Bobby Lashley and Brock Lesnar match so bad and they teased it or Bobby teased it on Twitter like a few weeks ago I'm hoping I'm assuming that Lesnar's going to retain over Rollins to be honest I want to see Lashley if you with Lesnar after this yeah who's going to talk for him though <laughs> I mean, I don't know, or maybe he can let just like his actions speak for him. Yeah, I mean, I, I feel like that's like kind of a lost art. WWE feels like everyone needs to be fantastic on the mic now to be pushed. Right. Back in the day, which is not the case. Yeah. I feel like they should bring. I feel like they should bring back more managers. Yeah, that that would be a good idea because I mean, more now. If someone is in a manager role, it's usually like a boyfriend girlfriend kind of thing. Right. Rarely do you ever see like you know like like with um Paul Heyman and Lesnar, you don't really see that anymore. You don't see legitimate managers like um Bobby Heenan and Paul um, Bear managers like that. Like I feel like they should you know kind of like even with um what was the guy from Authors of Pain? Uh, Drake Maverick. No, the before him. Oh, the guy before the that. Guy, the um, old, Eller- yeah, Paul Ellery. Paul Ellery. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Mm-hmm. Like that, you know, he was he was a pretty good manager in NXT, and then when they brought them up on the main roster, they just kind of pushed him to the side, and he went off and whatever. But yeah, if they brought back more managers. That would be cool, honestly, especially if they um brought back some people from you know like the Attitude Era and play more of a manager role or something like that to help you know get some of these newer wrestlers over yeah or just make or create maybe a couple more factions so just like when the shield came up roman didn't talk yeah exactly it was it was mainly a toss-up between dean and seth but then yeah it was like down the middle with them so they got options either way i'm just really happy with what they have going on like when these shows go off I'm like, I really don't have anything to complain about because it's different. Mm-hmm. We want continuity. They're telling stories. Yep. Because we want continuity. So I'm not going to sit there and bitch and complain about it. Exactly. It's, there, are some, there are some things that I don't like. Yeah, but okay. I'll let them entertain me. They're still getting paid regardless if I like it or not. Exactly. Yep. And the, I mean, that, and that's really awesome that, you know, these shows have been so good lately. And that's actually perfect for me because 
back when I was working nights on, you know, Mondays and Tuesdays, I was missing it, but mm-hmm. everyone was telling me you're not missing anything. Now mm-hmm. <laughs> I got this new schedule. Raw and SmackDown is hot right now. Yeah, so. exactly. Perfect timing. Perfect. Yep. So, I mean, I'm really excited for this weekend, honestly. Like, it's going to suck Saturday for TakeOver because I do work. I have to be at work at 6 in the morning on Sunday. Ugh. Yeah, that's going to suck. But at least, take, at least TakeOver isn't that long. Yeah, it's not going to be like uh, SummerSlam or WrestleMania and end at like midnight or anything like that. Okay. But um, one good thing, though, for me is I am off on Monday, so I can stay up late and watch these uh, that SummerSlam. Oh, yeah, that's right. Yeah. I don't have that luxury. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I mean, I'm sure you're still going to watch it, right? Oh, yeah, yeah of course. Stuff for the, uh, the next day. That's just, it's just going to be a lot of wrestling over the next few days, mm-hmm. Saturday, Saturday through Wednesday. <laughs> yes. Do you think there will be any big debuts on Raw or SmackDown this week? Um, I think, I feel like the... I feel like the Street Profits, if they don't retain, they're going to finally debut. I mean, I, hell, I'm even hoping Sasha will come back. Yes, because I thought she was going to come back after uh, Extreme Rules was over. Either her or Ronda, I was, you know, so confident that one of them was going to return. Neither one. So I feel like yeah. they're saving that for after SummerSlam. Yeah, because I'm like, if Sasha or one of them comes back, I feel like it would be like around a big four. Yes, yes. Because um, I'm maybe thinking that Ronda could come back at um, SummerSlam and maybe either cost Becky her title or mm. maybe the Raw after, you know, the four horsewomen come up. Because if Shayna right. did drop her title i doubt it that would make me to believe that maybe she's coming up soon too i just i feel like the especially because of uh the ww2k20 you know they're doing the they're showcasing the four horsewomen on that game so maybe oh i didn't know that yes um i don't know are you familiar with you know ww uh, video games yeah i've never played them though okay yeah so like Every year they do like a uh, story mode and like they showcase like a certain wrestler and like you know storyline and all that. They're showcasing mm-hmm. the four horsewomen. So that makes me believe that they uh, might bring back Sasha and they may finally do the you know the whole UFC versus WWE four horsewomen kind of storyline this fall to kind of like really hype up the game. Yeah, I hope so. Either way, I just I really like the direction that things are going personally. I can't speak for everybody on the internet, but, (laughs) (laughs) but I mean, as long as we start to see some different faces, like they did on SmackDown, they crammed so many people, but it meant so much. I'm like, I'm always going to be a big fan of Shelton Benjamin. So I don't care if he's on TV, just looking in the camera and not saying a word. Mm -hmm. He's on TV. He's there. Yeah. He's been really underutilized too, since coming back to, WWE because I know he's a tremendous wrestler and I I would love actually like to see him and Brock have a match too because I know they used to be tag partners and all that so I think they actually have a good match together and I liked when they was it I think it was before Wrestlemania and Seth was in the ring Brock and Heyman come no 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 
Heyman comes out, but then Shelton Benjamin was like his goon. I yes. was thinking that would have gone somewhere, and he had that really good match with Seth. I'm like, this is amazing. Exactly. They could have done like a, a faction right there, like the Heyman family or something like that. That would have been kind of cool. Right. Like when Brock isn't around, which, I mean, let them tell it is not often, there's Shelton. They kind of yeah, built exactly. him up like that because they have a history, but hey, they're not paying me. So. <laughs> yeah, that, that would be a tremendous idea because I remember they kind of did something like that years ago with Ryback and Curtis Axel. They they were aligned with Heyman and they had like a little thing going on and I know Lesnar popped out every now and then. So that would be cool. I mean, especially if they had like um, put Bobby in there too. Like you said, if Bobby was in a um, faction with someone with a mouthpiece, imagine Bobby, Shelton, Benjamin, Heyman, and Lesnar. That would be a pretty... Oh, my God. It's like, that wouldn't even be fair. Uh, <laughs> we need to start tweeting this to Paul Heyman, give him some ideas. Hey, Paul, just FYI, you know, put this fact. I want to put this in your ear. <laughs> I don't know how um, much attention he pays to the tweets and all about the fans and all, but, I mean, can't hurt to throw that out. Maybe he will see it. And, you know, if we see it on TV in a week, we'll say, hey, like, he probably saw our tweet. Right, run me my check, but I mean, please. <laughs> yeah, well, we'll just have to see. But I mean, like you said, I mean, wrestling has been great lately, and I'm really excited to see, especially this fall, AEW, they debut on TV. So I think things are about to get heated up even more. Yeah, because it's been a long time since I've seen wrestling on TNT. Like, yes. a long time. So I'm going to check it out. Yeah, I'm really excited to. Uh, is that correct? Yeah, I think so. Smackdown moves to Friday night, so that's going to be interesting to see. That's going to be a lot of wrestling. Because isn't yeah. uh, is Impact moving, or are they going to stay on Fridays? Oh, I don't even know. I just follow. I I just see them on Twitter. Okay. Yeah, I, I know that some, some of my Twitter followers um watch some Impact wrestling, but imagine that's Raw Mondays, AEW will be on a Tuesday. NXT on Wednesdays. Oh no, I thought AEW was coming on Wednesdays the same night as NXT. No, they're going to be on Tuesdays. Oh wow, so they're going to compete with SmackDown. Oh no, SmackDown is going to be Friday. It's... Oh, okay. Well, I don't think they're going to go head to head with WWE anytime soon if ever. I don't think that's going to be a smart idea, honestly. No. Yeah, because that, that's what kind of was the decline with WCW when they went head-to-head with WWE. Like, it worked at first, but then it just got to the point where people can't watch the same show at the same time. So I think it's best just to stay separate and be your own thing. Exactly. But, um, yeah, I think we've covered everything um, and more, which was awesome. It's all you know, It's always a pleasure talking wrestling with you. Well, same. Yeah, so thank you for uh, joining me today, Stephanie, and uh, everyone listening. Just to let you know, tomorrow I will be recording my SummerSlam predictions with my co-host, Christy. So be sure to be tuned with that. And uh, thank you again, Stephanie, for joining us today. Yes, sir. And we'll tweet again on Saturday. Absolutely. Have a great day. You too. Bye. Bye.